Welcome, everyone, to uh, episode number four of Celix Thursday Live. Celix Thursday Live is a weekly show that we do every Thursday in which we invite Amazon industry experts to discuss strategies and tactics on how to successfully sell on Amazon. Uh, last week, we talked a lot about how specifically vendors have been affected by the corona crisis and what they can do if they don't get enough POs or they're getting too many POs. Um, so if you want to uh, listen to, to last week's episode, feel free to go on YouTube on our Celix uh, YouTube channel, uh, or we also have a podcast, so uh, you can find us on the podcast uh, platforms. So that was last week. Today, we want to focus specifically on Amazon advertising during the Corona times. Obviously, advertising on Amazon has been a, a huge topic um, in, the, in the past two years or so. And I think there's no brand that I know, at least, that is not doing any sorts of Amazon advertising today. Now, the question, obviously, is what happens in, in those situations like now, where uh, you have a, a big external shock. So should you continue to advertise or not? And if so, so if you continue to advertise, how is there any any change in strategy or in tactic that is required? Um, so those are the questions that we want to discuss today. My guest today is uh, Stefan. Um, Stefan is the advertising director at Bobset Marketing. Uh, Bobset Marketing is an Amazon, not just advertising agency, but uh, obviously they also do a lot of advertising, but more broadly an Amazon agency uh, based out of New York. Um, so, Stefan, welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, do you want to give us a, a little bit more context about you, what you do at, at Bobset, and maybe also Bobset? Sure, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, as you pointed out, my name is Stefan. I am the advertising director at Bobset Marketing. We're a digital marketing agency that works with Amazon sellers and vendors. We've been on the market for about five years now. I specifically oversee the advertising efforts. We have both vendors and sellers and uh, some people uh, doing DSP with us. So uh, I am ready to talk advertising with you guys today. <laughs> All right, that's exciting. And so your customers, are they based only in the US? Are they also based outside of the US? Um, uh, what's the situation? Mainly, we, yeah, mainly we have US-based customers. We have several clients that have the U, uh, US marketplaces as, as well as Canadian and European marketplaces. So we uh, have uh, some clients from all around the world. All right, that's great. Um, so we, we always try to find guests that have a rather broad perspective. Um, and so uh, Stefan is working with sellers and vendors, um, specifically in the US, but also outside of the US. So that should be a good, um, a good basis for discussion. Um, now, before we jump in, into the topic, some housekeeping. Uh, so first of all, the, this is, uh, show is being recorded and will be available to you on YouTube. Uh, so don't worry if you need to step out. Um, it, will, it will be available on YouTube. Uh, and the second thing is, if you guys do have any questions, feel free to just um, uh, ping those questions uh, in the in the Q and A session. You can do this on YouTube. You can also do this in in the Zoom, uh, so through the Q and A or also the chat. Um, and we make sure to answer all those questions towards the end of the session. Um, but feel free to post those questions already during um, during the session. So um, to get started, uh, we did some uh, some research and we looked into the, into the data. So let me uh, share my screen here uh, for for a minute. So we uh, we did some research as how advertising has been has been affected so far on uh, on Amazon. Um, and so the, the first uh, maybe even before that, the first thing we did is when uh, Corona really 
started, let's say, or really took off. Um, and uh, and uh, the countries were sent in lockdown. We sent a survey around uh, to our customers base. That was around mid mid March. Um, and one of the questions we asked them is, how do you plan to change your advertising budget, right? Um, and so as you can see here in the in this chart, um, many of our customers, so about. Uh, about 40% of our customers were planning to either decrease it or decrease it by a lot, right? 50% of customers, 40% uh, of customers were expecting to keep it around uh, the same level. Um, and only 10% of the customers were expecting to increase the advertising spend um, during the Corona uh, situation. So that was essentially right at the beginning when Corona really, um, really hit. Um, those were the expectations. So most or many of our customers were expecting to decrease their ad spend um, as a result of the, the Corona situation. Now, when you look at what actually happened, um, and this is uh, this is now based on the data, uh, you can see that ad spend is actually up by thirty to forty percent compared to January. So if you if you compare, and this is only for the U.S. market. Um, but ad spend has been increasing quite significantly, um, still also towards the end of March. So ad spend is actually up by, um, quite, by, by quite a bit. And so the, um, uh, and this is actually true, not just for the US, this is also true if we look at um, all the different countries. So if we, we look at year over year growth, we can see that uh, across all countries, except for Canada, but across all countries, year-over-year -year growth in March has been a lot more than it was in February. Uh, so clearly, uh, this is not just a seasonal increase. Um, this is an exceptional increase that we've noticed, um, at least amongst the Celix customer base. Uh, and so the question for us is like, why, why did this happen? Why were customers planning to reduce their ad spend? But now when you really look at the stats, actually ad spend was, uh, was uh, going up. Um, and so I think the answer to this uh, is uh, or you can find the answer to this on the next slide because if you look at the performance, um, what you what you'll see here on this slide is that the performance has actually been very strong throughout the course of March. So first of all, revenue. So the the advertising revenue has been up drastically from the beginning of the year. So it's been up by uh, over fifty percent in some weeks. So um, there's a lot more revenue that's being made through advertising. Clicks are up by about twenty to thirty percent. Um, the CPCs are down, um, and so naturally, obviously, also the ACOS has been uh, has been down or lower than it, it has been historically. So you have a lot more volume, uh, a lot more clicks, a lot more revenue, but the clicks, the CPCs are are, are decreasing, um, and so the ACOS is is dropping as well. Obviously, this is on an aggregated level, right? But I think that this is still um, is still a somewhat surprising. Surprising development. I do think that what was expected was it be that CPCs would decrease because there would be less competition, maybe, and some some sellers or vendors dropping out. Um, but this combination of a drop in CPC and yet an increase in revenue um, is actually uh, has actually been quite um, uh, quite uh, surprising. And the end result is that advertising is actually more profitable now than it used to be in January and in February. Now, you can also see here that um, ad revenue has peaked on the week of the 16th of, of March. Um, so that was the week right before Amazon um, uh, uh, extended the, uh, the shipping times and also uh, restricted the inbound shipments. Um, so that was right before. So things have normalized a bit more since then. Um, but overall, we still are on a very high level. So I think um, if there weren't the issues with the, the inbound shipping and also shipping to the customer, I think that uh, we would probably still be on the same level as we had in the week of the 16th, which I think would have been um, uh, exceptionally high. 
uh, and now we're still on a higher level, um, but uh, but uh, not not exactly the same as we as we'd seen two three weeks ago. So that's what we see when we look at the data. So on the one side, the sentiment going into this crisis was a lot like, hey, we plan to reduce our budget. Really what happened is uh, ad spend overall went up. Um, and uh, and this is was combined with a drop in CPC and an increase in revenue. So that overall ACOS has been, has been down. So this is what we've been seeing. Um, and now obviously the question is, um, well, uh, given all of this, right? Um, what, what's the situation like? So does it make sense to spend money on, on Amazon? Looking at this, it sounds like, it seems like yes. Uh, on the other side, there are a lot of people that were planning to reduce ad spend. So uh, Stefan, what, what, what's your opinion on this? Like, how, what, what should be the right strategy now? Um, should people stop advertising or should they continue to advertise? I would say my advice is definitely in line with what you guys saw in the survey. The reason why we had answers for all buckets uh, is probably just because this is so much dependent on each individual account. I do know and realize that a lot of clients we've had, a lot of accounts have different strategies. So I do understand that it can be different from brand to brand. I do think there are a few questions that one needs to ask before making the decision. One main question that's quite obvious is, would you have the inventory levels to support uh, the increased sales we expect until the next shipment comes. Uh, a lot of questions that follow that would be your fulfillment method. A lot of sellers use this opportunity to go between FBA and uh, FBM. So if you do have the ability to fulfill your own orders, you yeah. might be considering increasing advertising or just maintaining the levels there. Um, is your product, has your product been affected by the delayed shipping rates? So I do understand that a lot of sellers will have to make that decision for themselves. It can't just be going blindly into increasing the advertising budget. But as you pointed out, the results are actually very encouraging. The results we're seeing in the past few weeks are definitely towards increase in sales. So basically, if I'm to summarize my answer, my only advice to Amazon brands and Amazon sellers would be don't make a panic reaction where you would stop advertising altogether. That's the one thing I'm looking to avoid. I do think there's a lot of opportunity that came with the uncertainty. A lot of well-known brands actually ran out of stock overnight. So you do have that opportunity to get on their product listings grab that share of voice you're hoping to get when competing with them. And I do think that whoever was planning on having more inventory or being more comfortable having more FBA inventory should definitely try to take advantage of this opportunity and increase advertising budgets now. Uh, as, as you pointed out, sales are coming. We have quarantine customers sitting at home I have been analyzing the, da the data, believe it or not, it's not just toilet paper that sells <laughs> and people are looking for a variety of categories to buy from and use these products as they're getting used to their new lifestyle. So please, please don't make an uninformed decision to stop advertising and anything beyond that I think uh, is dependent on the brand strategy in general.
Okay. Is there, is there anyone, uh, obviously, I mean, inventory is a big factor. Um, and so, I mean, today is uh, April 16th, right? So uh, a couple of days ago, Amazon essentially announced that they will be taking inbound shipments again, also for non-essential items. And so things seem to normalize more or less, right? Um, is inventory still something that is a bottleneck for your customers at this point? Or um, is the inventory aspect solved now? I don't believe so. I think Amazon reacted quickly. They kind of stood by their word and April the 5th was the hard dateline where after that they did begin to to increase uh, just the number of products, the number of categories that were allowed. I do realize there's another aspect to this. I think a couple of sellers have uh, stated that there might still be issues with their supply chain, just getting the products from China over to Amazon if they're sourcing sourcing from there. But at least on the Amazon aspect, I think things are no longer a concern. Uh, I, the week when they announced prioritization and which products will be allowed to create shipments was pretty much the low, the low light of it. And I do think that has been overcome now. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So, um, so at this point, with uh, things normalizing more or less on the inventory side, at least when it comes to inbound shipment, obviously there's still the supply side with uh, China or the factories, whether whether we have enough supply. But at, at least let's say things starting to normalize on the Amazon side. Is there anyone that, we, that you would recommend, or any any type of companies that you would recommend to stop advertising entirely at this point? I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think there's a use case for at least for the clients we have that basically everything we work with grocery beauty it's uh that's that's the whole message i'm trying to get across everything of these products is somewhat essential and if people had a need for it a month ago they have a need for it now so if you're planning if you're being serious on amazon i think advertising should very much be within the strategy for the upcoming months Okay, and so if uh, if nonetheless, I mean, some of our some of the uh, some of the people in the audience, I'm sure, will have concerns about. I still haven't received any PO, or I have supply uh, limitations. So if I if I'm if I'm not if I'm not sure that we'll run uh, low on inventory, but there is a fair chance that I will do so at some point. Um, what would be the right strategy? I mean, is it, is it a matter of uh, cutting it entirely? Is it more a matter of reducing it gradually to see how this impacts sales? What what would be your recommendation? Well, yeah, uh, there would be different strategies there as well. Uh, as you pointed out, you don't have to stop advertising entirely. You just need to figure out what the average sales levels you're looking to get and adjust your advertising investment accordingly. Uh, of course, uh, when it comes to vendors and, and, and PO, something you made a reference of, it's not just going to be that one particular product. I think a strategy on a product level will also be needed. If we have a products, we have more POs for it. If we have products, more inventory uh, towards just shift that strategy. It's, it's, I think it's more a matter of shifting and adjusting than just making a decision to pause everything. Okay. So uh, essentially it is, uh, if I understand you correctly, you would say it's unlikely that all your products are at, at, uh, at risk of running out of stock. So you could then shift budget between from the high selling items or the low inventory items to the higher inventory items um, and, um, and, and, and shift it there. Okay. Um, and so on, on the flip side, so those, um, are there any specific customers that you see where you say like, hey, if you're in this specific situation, I strongly encourage you to increase your ad spend? Uh, yes, 
I think uh, grocery, obviously, a couple of clients we've had in the grocery category have had their sales explode. And right. again, if all the other issues are resolved, I really think anyone should jump at this opportunity. Uh, in fact, our owner, Kiri, actually wrote about this. She had a couple of uh, really exciting uh, case studies to share. She, she published this on Forbes yesterday, yeah. especially in the grocery category. This is a, a very uh, product that uh, receives hundreds of sales a day. This is a very volatile category. And with it comes a lot of opportunity for brands that are new, for brands that are just looking to get a higher share of the market. I think this is when they need to double down on, on uh, spend on advertising. Yeah, I mean, I, I think specifically groceries is, is probably a, a, a category that hasn't seen that much traction so far on Amazon. And so this could be a lasting shift in consumer behavior where consumers understand, oh, groceries is actually working quite well on Amazon. Um, so maybe they'll continue to buy it. And so this is probably... Um, probably a, a good moment. Okay, so groceries, that, that is clear. Is there any, any, anything else? So, I mean, I think what, what you mentioned before, if, if there's a strong competitor running out of stock, um, then this is your chance essentially to, to, to gain some ground. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, grocery is kind of an obvious one. What's uh, one interesting category we're playing with and hypothesizing with is electronics. Mm -hmm. I do see that after people get their essential items, I was actually looking at this uh, today. I think the, the two main categories I was able to identify is people are looking for ways to get entertained at home mm -hmm. and people are looking for ways to get uh, some exercise done at home, just <laughs> judging by the, the highest uh, volume uh, customer search terms. So anything that can be related to having a good time at home. And I think this is a very broad category. Is it uh, playing games? Is it trying to educate yourself at home? Is it something that you're, uh, if you're like myself, something you need to play for the kids at home using an electronic device? I think those are also uh, categories that might see a shift, uh, I mean, an increase in demand. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and so, so essentially, when it comes to a question, should I continue to advertise or not? Um, if the, the, your recommendation would be, it depends. First and foremost, don't make any radical decisions. So don't just triple your ad spend. Don't reduce it by 100%. Is like, think about this, um, what really your strategy is. Um, and then it depends essentially on the situation. Um, but generally speaking, it makes sense if even if, if things look rather negative for you, it probably makes sense to decrease ad spend gradually or shift it around between, uh, between products that are going uh, and not necessarily to, to, to reduce it entirely. Um, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And so now um, for, for those people that continue to, to run ads, and as we've seen in the numbers that I showed before, it looks like a, a big majority of customers are still continuing to spend um, quite heavily on advertising. Um, what would be the tactics and the strategies to use? I mean, do you have a couple of couple of tactics and strategies that are specific for a situation right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a, a couple of them uh, I have in mind uh, getting ready for, uh, for us talking today. I think one uh, I would like to start off with because it's very basic and I think anybody can react to it really quickly is just focus on sponsored product campaigns. The main reason I'm recommending this is we talked a, a lot about inventory. These products 
I mean, these campaign types, sponsored product as a campaign yeah. type is dependent on you owning the buy box. So if you want to make sure that you're only advertising what's in inventory, what you have stock for, and uh, something that you will get the attributed sales to is sponsored products. This, of course, again, depends on the strategy. If you're not looking to get some more visibility, some brand, uh, uh, some brand awareness out there. Right. But for most sellers who are mostly ROI focused right now is just uh, assign, uh, dedicate the budget you have for sponsored brands and sponsored display towards sponsored products. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely something, an approach we've, we've taken for a client of ours. Basically, we just had a 50% decrease in budget uh, comparing March to April. And this actually gave us uh, a good opportunity to just shift the budget towards sponsored products only. We have built out some portfolios which are dedicated for product line. So we're not only able to just make the distinction and make um, the budget shorter, but we actually can dedicate specific budget towards specific product lines. So, uh, so far, I mean, we're halfway in through, uh, into the month. I was looking at the mid-date uh, mid budget utilization yesterday. It does appear to be working for both just control aspect, control what you spend, and it, do, it does provide some great ROI as well. It's, I mean, sponsored products are still the, the fundamental aspect of Amazon. That, that, that's what, just what I wanted to ask is like if, uh, I mean, most customers I would argue would see a probably the best ROI on sponsored products compared to sponsored brands and sponsored display. But if that's not the case, so assuming that sponsored display and sponsored brands is, is actually providing a high ROI, would you still recommend, um, recommend to go with sponsored products just because you have this security that you, you will not advertise a product that you don't own the buy box for? Um, or would you say, well, go wherever the ROI is best? Well, uh, I would say go where the ROI is best. Just a couple of clarifications there. If you have products where you're the only seller, you're brand registered, you don't have a lot of squatters, that's a definite argument towards sponsored, broad, uh, uh, sponsored brands as well. Right. Uh, one thing to be mindful of is uh, if you have a product where you have a bunch of unauthorized or authorized sellers, that buy box is rotating, Amazon is rotating it every 15 minutes, this would be a consideration towards, you know, maybe I'm willing to sacrifice a couple of ACOS percentage points, but right. I would rather go with what I own and, and promote my inventory. Okay. Um... All right, understood. And um, so, the uh, uh, any other tactics, any other strategies? Uh, yep. Uh, one one interesting one we had a lot of fun working with and a lot of success with. And I'm not sure if it's still uh, relevant, but it is for at least some U.S. sellers. Is when Amazon made the announcement uh, about the delayed uh, shipping dates. What we actually saw and um, connecting this to a previous point I had is we didn't see sellers having their entire product line or their entire inventory being affected. Even when we would have one parent ASIN, we would see uh, this was really, really interesting to observe, but we would see a child variation that still has the two day shipping and another child variation that says it's going to get delivered by end of April. Yeah. And one strategy we implemented here is whenever we had a bunch of products which had the two-day shipping dates available, we would run uh, ASIN targeting campaign towards the products that were affected. If um, conversion rates are to be affected by customers just 
choosing to navigate away because they're not patient enough to wait for the delivery, yeah. you still have the option to promote your products, which do have that uh, ability there and just focus the sales towards them. So I do think this will get resolved ultimately uh, in a matter of weeks. But if you still have that U.S. inventory being affected there, it might be a strategy that you might implement uh, as soon as possible. So you focus on essentially the, the ASINs that have uh, low delivery times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the hypothesis is customers are not patient. Potential customers are not patient. <laughs> I think is a, is, a, is a valid hypothesis, right? There is a reasonable hypothesis to make. Okay, now that makes a lot of sense. So, um, uh, and this is something that we've seen as well is that uh, products with obviously very high delivery dates, but I guess it's pretty straightforward, obviously are converting less, right? Um, so if you do want to improve the, the performance of your advertising and the ROI, focus on those products that are still, or let's say specifically the variations, right? That's what you're saying. So if you have a parent ASIN with multiple child ASINs, uh, pick specifically those child ASINs with the shortest delivery, uh, delivery dates. Yep. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a very good re recommendation. Okay, uh, fair enough. Um, any, any, any other tactics? That's very helpful. Yeah, this, this is a tactic I, I love talking about just because it, it, is, uh, it fuels some creativity and I think it, it actually helps advertisers and brand owners understand products better. But one really interesting tactics we've had, and we've had some amazing ROI. It's, it's not the best way to increase spend instantly, but it's really ROI based is just the category targeting mm -hmm. and specifically just looking for those even very remotely re related categories, something that you wouldn't think of uh, right away. Uh, a couple of client stories I want to share here is we actually saw a very interesting performance when we targeted barbecue uh, for outdoor lighting. And again, we, we love talking hypothesis. The, the premise there was people are going to be staying at home. They're going to be in their backyards more. They need some lighting. They want to make some barbecue for themselves and the family. And just, you know, when you would look... Um, going back to the beginning, when you would look for ways to promote outdoor lighting, you wouldn't necessarily uh, arrive at barbecue immediately. Mm -hmm. And there are risks involved. You might see uh, your ads not getting displayed as much. You will need to start with a very low bid. You don't know what the cost per click is in that category. You, you don't know if your hypothesis is correct. If, right. you know, I, I'm just, I might be just looking to buy some barbecue equipment. But experimenting with these, just starting with very low bids, low budgets, and uh, daily increase, increasing it daily, just looking to make those adjustments to see how that might work, can, can pay off tremendously. Because it is interesting to see how the new product you, that arrives in that category will perform in, in terms of cost per click you're not competing with those other barbecue products. You're not competing with, uh, with what's already being promoted there. So you might get a win-win. A, a you might get a low hanging fruit and just uh, get those sales coming in. We've, um, we're looking for anything that can be related to home entertainment, as I said. We're looking uh, to target beanbag chairs with uh, floor lamps, with lamps uh, that are being sold at home. We're, you know, I'm, looking to to read a book and uh, i need some additional lighting right and uh those are like categories that uh can can make a 
a, a bit of a difference when it comes to the overall account ACOS. Well, that's uh, I, I think that's a very that's a very good strategy, right? Just taking advantage of the fact that there are a lot of people browsing in categories today um, that. Uh, uh, where they're maybe just browsing around and then uh, they're more open to buying other types of products that they weren't even looking for uh, in these days than they otherwise would be, right? So I think um, I think that's a, that's a great idea. Um, the main challenge I've seen with this kind of strategy, and that was you know prior to Corona already, is um, when your product is not relevant for this for the category, then the question is whether Amazon is even displaying it or not, right? Whether you get the exposure, whether you get those impressions. Um, do you do you have any recommendations of what what advertisers can do to improve the likelihood of like is it just about adding a few keywords in the back end? It really is a numbers game. It's mm -hmm. not so these are not necessarily keyword targeted ads. We're looking to target category and interests. And uh, like you pointed out, I would I would just think of ten remotely related categories I would target, and I would fully expect that I won't get impressions for five, six, seven of those. Right. It really is just uh, a lot of experimenting. It uh, Advertisers should be prepared for a lot of this won't work. Right. But uh, the, the ones that do work uh, are actually very, uh, very beneficial when it comes to ROI. And ultimately, if we use the time during the coronavirus to test this out and make these uh, solutions, uh, find these uh, find these hidden gems, we might be uh, using these strategies to just increase the overall spend when things normalize. I mean, you're going to be hitting the ceiling on your keyword targeting for sponsored products. You're going to be hitting the ceiling on sponsored brands. So this might be the next step you take to yeah. increase the advertising spend. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, that definitely makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, it's 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 not always working, but if it does, actually, I think the advantage is that those are actually incremental sales, right? So those are not products that were not, not customers that were already looking for your type of product. It's essentially new revenue that came out of nowhere for the entire category, which also probably makes it less likely that people would shop around, right? And it's less competitive. Uh, so if it is working, it's I think a very a very good strategy. Um, and so I think. Um, the chances that it's working is higher now than it is outside of, uh, let's say, Corona situation because people are browsing around more, right? Um, yeah. Great strategy. All right. So that was strategy number three, right? So target broadly related categories. Um, any uh, anything else that you have? Yeah. So strategy number four. Speaking right, of experimentation, <laughs> and again, uh, I think it goes in line with the, the observation you made about the lower cost per click uh, rates currently. Yeah. I do think that now would be the time for brands who are running sponsored brands, brands who are invested in building their brand visibility. Now would be the time to go after those short tail keywords that you would either not get enough impressions off, or you would get uh, just very high cost per click rates. So examples would be just a one word, two word keywords you're looking to target with your mm -hmm. sponsored brand campaigns. I definitely think that impressions are gonna get, be higher these times. Uh, again, like you pointed out, demand is increasing. A lot of brands are dialing down, cost per click works. So now would be the time to try and take some of that prime advertising space above the search results and invest in some high lower tail keywords within sponsored brands so lower tail keywords typically um uh, typically more competitive right more expensive 
Um, and so essentially the hypothesis is that now in those times, because there's, there's less competition for those keywords, CPCs for those highly competitive keywords are dropping. And so you can go after keywords that previously were maybe not profitable for you or were just not feasible from, from the purely financial point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a great strategy, right? I mean, I think uh, uh, the way I try to look at it is, is what is different now um, than, than it was you know, a couple of weeks ago? And so what, what can you do in terms of tactics to adapt or take advantage of, of this change in situation, right? And so one change in situation is obviously that from a consumer point of view, the shopping behavior is somewhat different. They browse around more, they buy more stuff, more generally speaking. Um, they buy other stuff that they wouldn't buy when, when this wasn't the case. So how can you take advantage of this? It's very easy to take advantage of this if you're in those categories, but how can you take advantage of this if you're not in those categories, right? And I really love your, your, your whether well, it was a strategy number three, I think, to target those categories. So this is coming from the consumer side. But the other thing that has changed as well throughout this, uh, th throughout this crisis is that well, CPCs have been dropping, um, which indicates that it is getting less competitive because customers are either reducing or advertisers are reducing their bids or are stopping to advertise altogether. Some advertisers may also just run out of inventory. So overall, there will be situations where competition is dropping. And so the question is, well, what can you do in those moments where competition is dropping? How can you take advantage of this, right? And I think going after short tail keywords is definitely one of those strategies, um, great strategies you know, that allow you to, to specifically go after, after those. So um, yeah, look, yeah, very, very good, uh, very, very reasonable strategy. Anything else? Mm. Uh, I know, I think those are the ones that I had. Uh, I just uh, had an idea when you were talking for one thing that comes to mind is you might be looking to uh, increase in um, budget in spending for even if you do have some major brands still advertising, if those guys have limited their budget, they are running out of stock earlier in the day. Yeah. So this is your chance. If, if you are not able to go uh, head, head to head with them for 15 yeah. hours of the day, at least you'll have a chunk of time where you will be able to, to be the winning, the winning. Yeah. So using ad scheduling, right? So all the, all the ones uh, amongst in the audience that are the Celix users, um, we have this feature called ad scheduling, uh, where essentially you can decide what hours of the day you want to run those campaigns. So it's definitely something that people use outside of Corona as well. But I think I agree with you. If the volume overall is just higher, uh, some folks might be running out of budget earlier. Um, and so it makes sense to uh, go after short day keywords, for instance, only in the afternoon or so, right? So um, great. Um, Great strategy as well. Do you have uh, any recommendations for, for, for people that uh, for whatever reason just have less um, advertising activity? So maybe they have low, low inventory or there's an overall company policy to reduce advertising budget. So is there anything that, 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 that advertisers can do when, they, when there's rather little advertising activity going on? Well, uh, I do. I guess I'll, I'll just have to go back to my main point. I, I do think... The, the, main, the main premise of advertising is you go where the shoppers are. We have been talking about shoppers being at home for too much now. They are at home, they are browsing on Amazon. Maybe there's a possibility to get uh, shifts uh, within the, budget, the marketing budget of a company, of an agency, from other channels as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are adjustments to be made. And if you 
basically, I think my to oversimplify things, I think if you have inventory on Amazon now, and if you promote it, uh, as you should, you will sell it. So if you have inventory within Amazon now, I would definitely just find ways to make adjustments on a broader platform budget scale and just promote it uh, so we can reach those sales levels. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's uh, probably, it depends on the company, right? How, how easy it is to shift budgets around between the channels, right? There typically there are some channel conflicts and internal discussions that start at this point. But I think uh, if Amazon is one of the few channels that's available, I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a fair point. Huh? Um, one thing that, that, uh, uh, that, that we were thinking about is that if you if you have some time now, then maybe this is the time to do the things that you wouldn't do otherwise, right? Uh, setting up a proper campaign structure, doing the keyword research that you always wanted to do but never really got to do, right? Uh, setting up the keyword harvesting harvesting processes, the campaign naming, so the, the the housekeeping that is so important. I feel I think that this is one of the one of the most just the naming of campaigns is such a critical element, um, specifically if you run a large account, um, and it is this typical important but not urgent. So you never get to do this. Um, and so the question is, are there any activities that uh, advertisers can do now when they just have some, some more time at hand? That's an amazing point, definitely. Uh, especially if you're operating with lower budget, you have fewer products in stock. Those housekeeping items can make a lot of things easier for the future. Uh, restructuring your campaigns, I know everybody is putting that off. I mean, <laughs> you set up a, a structure that works for you, and as that catalog grows, you might be needing to make that change, but there's always that risk of, would I want to be investing in new campaigns while the ones that I have work uh, for me at the moment? So investing in, I think all the things that you just pointed out, uh, updating your naming convention, doing a full uh, campaign strat uh, strategy reconstruction, working on those product listing, updating your storefronts, anything you might be looking to do to get a head start once inventory comes in or once you are able to create shipments for or hit the ground running. Or, I mean, we are going to come to an end of the coronavirus eventually. And even if that's what you're waiting for, you want to be ready for it. Yeah. So. If you're not advertising, there's still a lot to do. And yeah, I, I think uh, utilizing this time can be very beneficial. Okay, cool. Um, anything else you wanted to share? Any strategies or tactics? We got a bunch of questions and uh, I wanted to go, go through some of them. Um, anything you wanted to share on your end before we dive into the questions? Uh, I think that's all I had for, for now, but uh, looking forward to the questions. <laughs> Perfect. So Jim, uh, Jim was asking, how do you target a specific category to take advantage of a new trend? So how do you do that from just from a tactical point of view? So basically these are available within either the very old uh, product display uh, campaigns that are still available with some AMS accounts, or you're able to create a category targeting campaign uh, within sponsored products. Basically you now uh, have the ab ability to target keywords, categories, or even individual ASINs within, within sponsored products. You can refine that to go after brands. You can exclude brands, but basically Sponsored products should give you enough targeting options to go after what you have in mind. So the uh, it's a sponsored product campaign that uses ASIN targeting, and within the ASIN targeting, you choose a category essentially, right? A yes. product category to to go after, right? Um, so you suggest to go after a product category, not specifically after a set of ASINs. You just go after the entire category, right? 
Well, it depends on the strategy. The, the strategy we were looking towards when you would defend your own listing, you would actually want to go after specific ASINs and uh, those ASINs for yourself. Um, I think uh, they're uh, a bit different. We, when we were talking about strategies, we were talking about these remotely related strategies. Yeah. But if you have something specific in mind, you want to go defend your listings or you want to go tackle that competitor, you might want to go to an ASIN level. Right. Okay. Um... Understood. Uh, so then uh, another question uh, regarding the French market. Amazon warehouses have shut down until at least Monday. Uh, as a vendor, would you say it makes sense to stop advertising since products cannot be sent? So I actually, I just saw uh, the news about France and both Italy warehouses being impacted, but I think it was a few days ago. The brands that we have within the French marketplace so far I mean, the products that they have uh, listed are still active. Advertising is running. I'm not sure how this would, like the warehouses being shut down would affect it. I'm not sure. I haven't seen changes towards the shipping dates, at least uh, not earlier today. Um, I, I really can't say for sure if the warehouse is being closed down is affected in that product listing. So that would be my my guess. If you see anything on the product listing that you think would affect your conversion rates, if Amazon is saying you won't be able to get this product, it might make sense to dial down or just wait to see what happens. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that has been reflected on the product listing level yet. I mean, I think the question is also, it's it's just until Monday, right? So we talk about it in another four days um, and then we'll see what will happen. Um, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean... It, it is unclear. I think for those days, I would probably continue, maybe reduce the spend a little bit if I'm in the non-essential category. But um, if you're, uh, if this materializes after Monday and there is no, there is no date when things will be available for or the warehouses will be open for non-essential items, then I would probably, uh, probably reduce it quite significantly because then there's nothing going out and and consumers won't also go to Amazon likely because, um, yeah, I mean they. they, they you just won't be able to buy anything, right? Um, okay, then we have another question. What do you recommend to a seller in a travel niche um, who has seen a drop in demand? People are simply not buying. Increase or decrease ad spend? So probably selling some travel accessories. Uh, obviously, travel right now is just um, highly, highly impacted. Um, what would you recommend? Continue to advertise or not? Uh, well... Uh that is a good question. I'm just trying to think as, as I hear it. Uh, unless there's a way to pivot what the customer, I mean, what the products can be used for, just play with the messaging, make some interventions towards how these products can be used for either um, staying at home or just those short trips. If you're basically, we have to be honest, if uh, we, these products are strictly related to longer term travel, you might be, it might be a good idea to dial back down significantly just because the demand won't be there. Um, I'm sure there's ways, I think this is an, uh, a period where we all need to make adjustments. And I do think there's possibly a way to adjust about at least how, how some products are being sold. But at the very least, I think this is a period where the advertising investment will be lowered during these categories, I mean, in this category specifically. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the, the way that I look at it is probably uh, it depends on because so there are two, two options here, right? So the first option is that demand drops overall and people are not searching for it and not, not even clicking around, right? So then 
um, naturally your ad spend will lower because people are just, there's less volume and less traffic going after your, your products, right? Uh, so if this happened, then implicitly also your advertising uh, spend is going down. The thing that I would look for is specifically also the conversion rate. So do you see a drastic change in conversion rate? Because the, the situation I guess you want to avoid is you continue to spend heavily and you get a ton of clicks, but no one is checking out and no one is buying. That's probably the situation that you that you want to avoid. So probably in, in, in depending on how this impacts really your conversion rate, um, this is this is probably going to be a good a good indicator um, whether it makes sense to 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 adjust your um, your budgets, right? Um, I think look, there, there's a reality for for some products. Some products are just not needed and not bought right now, right? That's just you know, kind of the reality that is if you're in the event space, I mean, it's just very hard to, to, to sell any, any event related products right now. Um, so then there's, there's not too much point in advertising them. No? One thing that just came to mind as you were talking about conversion rates is maybe some of these products can be seen as potential gifts, maybe for, for the future. I think just yeah. playing with the messaging and trying to position those products as suitable for gifts for, a loved one or somebody who is just eager to get these restrictions lifted and starts traveling. Yeah. That might be a, an approach one might take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, I think it's always this question of, okay, do you advertise now, even though if you don't see the return, hoping that there's an impact on brands. And I think the question is, well, you know, it, it, it depends on whether this is actually, whether you have a true brand and your intention is to create a, a true brand. Is there an option to follow up with other sales, right? So if I think about those neck pillows, it's probably more difficult to build a brand around this, right? But, you know, in other, in other products, it maybe it makes sense to just build a, do the branding. I, I, know, I know brands that uh, specifically now they spend a lot of money on, on DSP. They don't have the products. They don't have the inventory, but they spend a ton of money on DSP. Um, because through DSP, they can reach the customers that are at home. And so they, they use it to, to do brand building, right? Which I think is a legitimate strategy. So you're essentially investing to build a brand um, that hopefully once you're back in stock or once there's more demand, again, uh, um, you will benefit from. Um, but it's not something where you spend one euro today or $1 today and you get $2 tomorrow, right? So it's like you spend $1 today and you get $2 in, I don't know, six months or so. Uh, so you need to have the capital um, to do this, yeah? Um, so Brett was asking, do you recommend display advertising? Tried it for a two week and, and, and ACOS was in the triple digits with one say, shut it down. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, sponsored display, uh, in, in essence, I think we're shifting about 5% of the overall budget towards it. They do yeah. have some interesting new features there where you can target by interest, where you can target people who just clicked on the products and haven't made a purchase. One thing I would definitely be mindful of, I'm not sure if this is still the case, but when uh, creating a sponsored display campaign, if you have everything set on default, I think the budget per campaign was $100 a day and the CPC, I mean, the bid was set as at a dollar or $2. I think they were mm -hmm. very, very high if you go everything in uh, uh, by default. So I still recommend, I am all for, for experimenting. I still recommend there's no way you should keep these campaign types intact. You should definitely try to get some sales from them. It's just, I think it really comes down to having a smaller portion of the budget uh, dedicated to them <laughs> and triple check the campaign creation process because you definitely want to see the bid you want to set and potentially lower daily budget than what Amazon recommends. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's overall, uh, Brett. I would, I would agree that this is kind of the sentiment that we hear from uh, from all different sides, right? That sponsor display is working. Uh, um, so, so I'd say, right? Um, it is working for some customers, so it's definitely worth trying and playing around. Um, but at this point, I don't think it's a replacement for sponsor products, um, where, where sponsor products typically is bringing bringing most of the performance. Um, so. I, so what I can tell you is that, and we're, we're, we're very closely in touch with Amazon on this, is that Amazon is really investing heavily into sponsor display and there are a ton of things coming. Um, and so, I mean, the way that Amazon works is, you know, how they're iterating and iterating and iterating to make things work. Uh, so if I, I do definitely do think, and it already got a lot better than, than it was initially. So I do think that, um, that it will have a, um, that it will have a, it will get better. And it definitely makes sense to stay tuned and play around a little bit. But I would also argue with, you said 5% of the budget, right? I think I would also place this more in the kind of like experimental play around a little bit and see how things develop, right? So shutting it off entirely. Yeah, well, you know, you know I think... Uh, is uh, is uh, if you really want to focus on RI, yes. But if you if you if you're looking forward, then I think it makes sense to to stay tuned on um, uh, on sponsor display as well. Uh, Timothy was asking, uh, we found sponsor brands to be a really bad investment, ACOS wise, compared to our standard PPC strategies. Is this pretty standard for sponsor brands, or have you seen clients that are big winners with this? So, sponsored products versus sponsor brands. What do you see ACOS wise? So I think we mentioned earlier, in general, it's sponsored products that has the highest ROI, the lowest ACoS when it comes to uh, campaign types. There are yeah. definitely, definitely exceptions. There are definitely exceptions. We do have brands that uh, run a lot of sponsored brands, a lot of uh, creative testing, a lot of keyword testing there. It's possible that uh, just brands who start with higher brand recognition are able to capitalize on sponsor brands easier and faster. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just to answer your question directly, it is normal for most brands that sponsored brands would have slightly higher, slightly higher ACOS than sponsored brands, the sponsored products. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting. I think that there has been a certain development. So we, we're following this closely throughout our customer base. And uh, so um, I think a year ago, so that was probably true, where sponsor brands typically had a higher ACoS than sponsor products. Uh, today, actually, we looked at it into this, I think, two weeks ago, uh, across the entire Celix customer base, uh, the ACoS of sponsor products and sponsor brands is actually very, very close. So both is within 20 to 25%. Um, and so you have this on sponsored products and on sponsored brands. So that was, uh, that was interesting for us as well to find. Uh, so I think that, uh, and again, Amazon has been investing like crazy in sponsored brands. There's been a ton of new things coming out. Um, and so I do think that um, sponsored brands is definitely something that uh, can, can be very successful and equally successful as sponsored products, right? And we, we've seen customers where sponsored brands is actually the, the biggest driver um, because it's less competitive yet, Definitely. right? Everyone is doing sponsored products. Fewer people are doing sponsored brands. Um, so um, I think that sponsored brands is definitely something I, I would try. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a logic. Sponsored products was the first, then sponsored brands, and then sponsored display. And so I think in terms of maturity of the product, this is also where, where things stand. Huh? Definitely. Um, and I think you, you brought up a great, uh, a great uh, point. I think sponsored brands video have played a huge role in getting those ACoS levels to be close. The brands who have run sponsored brands video have seen some great ACoS. 
That is, a, yeah, I mean, right we have a question about this. Do you have any advice on video advertising? Where is the number one declining category in e-commerce space? Uh, we're considering using video advertising, but concerned that we would see skewed results due to a current decline. Video advertising, anything you can share? Uh, basically, the numbers I've seen for the clients that were uh, able to launch sponsored brands video for have are very encouraging. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I have enough granular data per category, but definitely recommending it. Yeah, video. Yeah, I, I agree with this. Uh, so video is working um, handsomely so far, right? Obviously, the cost <laughs> of producing a video and all of this, that's, that's, uh, that's another story. But if you have a video up and running, um, I would definitely give it a try. I think, again, the situation is, if you think about the, the Amazon page today, there's very little video. Uh, and if you're the only one that is doing video, uh, then you get an extra attention. So it's always the benefit of being first um, or early to market there, right? Um, so uh, one person asking, uh, had some questions and missed uh, joined late, right? So again, a reminder, there is a recording of this. So um, feel free to, to check out the recording. We won't be able to, to, uh, to go through the entire set of recommendations again. Um, what else? Our items are in stock and available, but we are unable to run ads as Amazon has marked all of our items as out of stock in the advertising portal. Has anyone else had this problem? So they are in stock, they are available, but they're just marked as not available in the advertising portal. Any experience is it possible with that? that? Is it possible that you don't own the buy box? I mean, it is completely possible you have the inventory, but somebody else is winning the buy box for those. And they will show up as ineligible if you hover over them, but it might be enough, it might not be an inventory issue. It might just be a buy box issue, something you might want to investigate. All right. Um, and then another question from Brad: How about auto advertising to maybe hit categories you may not have thought of? They say to run initially to see what keywords work best for tailored keywords, but is that true in this day? So auto campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Even even auto campaigns, uh, just starting with auto campaigns, they're definitely a, a solution towards decreasing the budget and then just running them and limiting the targeting options they have can be a recipe for a great ACoS. Okay, awesome. And then last question from Omar. Um, uh, shoes, does it make sense to advertise shoes these days because are people buying shoes? <laughs> I mean, that's by, by <laughs> yes. category, right? Yeah, you have to buy shoes, right? One, one uh, interesting things about uh, shoes and just um, uh, apparel in general is you have to keep in mind when products which are best sellers go out of stock or they just, they just sell out, your ACoS really takes a hit. I mean, you have a certain uh, size that people are opting in to buy. And if you have all of them advertised people are going to be clicking on the ads but they won't find the size that fits them and they'll navigate away so i think it, it always makes sense to advertise those types of products but just keep a close eye on what the best sellers are and and focus on them all right um, i mean i think that uh fashion in general i would say at least from the from the stats that we've seen is one of the categories that has been impacted quite negatively right which i guess makes sense i mean people are buying less clothes and everything so um but on the other side, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, probably worth trying out. It, 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 it always depends, right? Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Stefan, for sharing all of this. That was great. Um, uh, uh, a, ton of, uh, a ton of insights and very tactical tips, right? Um, so I, uh, I, I hope that uh, you all got a, a ton out of this. Um, 
If you have any further questions uh, around Corona, feel free to check out our settings.com website. We have, uh, we have a dedicated landing page where we summarize all the information. And now very specifically, I also wanted to take the, the time to announce a big launch that we have coming very soon at Celix. It's one of the biggest launches that we've had in, in a very long time. Um, it is focused around advertising. Um, and so I cannot share too many, too many details at this point, but it's going to happen in the next two to three weeks, right? Um, and so if you guys uh, want to be up to date about what's coming, there's a website or a link. I just posted it in the chat, celix.com uh, slash new minus release.com. Um, no, not .com, celix.com slash new minus release. Uh, that's essentially the, the, the website. Um, and so you can go there, you can find some information and sign up, and then you'll be the first to, to, to hear from us when we release this, um, this new thing. Uh, so thank you very much uh, for, for joining us again, Stefan. Um, any closing remarks Thanks from your side? Me. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, yeah, feel free to tune in again next uh, Thursday. Um, we, we haven't yet entirely decided the topic for next Thursday, but um, yeah, I mean, we will, um, uh, we will have some interesting, uh, interesting things to discuss again. So thank you very much and uh, cheers, everyone. All the best to you. Bye-bye.